Today, we're going into this topic of why does God allow pain and suffering? Why does God allow pain and suffering? I'm going to ask a question, okay? Uh, I probably expect everybody to answer the same thing, but has everybody in this room experienced some pain or suffering in your life? Anybody that has not experienced pain and suffering? Because I need prayer at the end of the service and I need you to pray for me, all right? <laughs> We've all gone through situations in life, you know, where we experience pain and, and, and suffering. Just last week, after my boy had a, a basketball game on Saturday, he had this sharp pain in, in his stomach. And we thought it was appendicitis. And it was about 11 o'clock at night and we're home. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, listen, tomorrow we got to get up super early. If we go to the emergency room with him right now, it's going to be, we're going to be there the whole night. Literally, we're just going to have to go from there straight to church. And I go, why don't we pray, you know, and put him in our bed and just ask God to do something. The parents that are here, I think one of the worst things is to see your kid through pain. When you see your kid going through pain and suffering, how many of you guys would trade it in a second that it would be you dealing with that and not them, right? And he was bending over and he goes, Daddy, I can't, I can't get straight. I only feel like comfortable when I'm like this. And I would try to stretch him out and he had this pain here. And I'm like, Papi, I'm going to do the only thing I know what to do. And he goes, what's that? I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> I don't know why sometimes we run to prayer as the last resource, but it should actually always be our first resource. You know, and I put my hand in his belly and I prayed for him. I'm like, Papito, we're going to try to go to sleep. If you can't sleep, wake me up. And I put him in the middle of me and Gabby. And I go, you can't sleep, wake me up. And, and we'll go to the hospital. But, but let me just see if you rest a little bit. Let this prayer work. And you know what? He, he, he got fine. Because somehow in the middle of the night, you know how kids are? He stretched in the middle of the bed. All right. And he was like a, 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 a backslash. You know what I'm saying? And all I did was like I felt his head right here in the middle of my ribs and I saw his feet and they were all the way over there where Gabby's. I'm like, all right, he's stretching. It must be pretty good. You know what I'm saying? He's not letting me sleep. You know, he's doing his thing. You know, but why do we go through pain? Why do we go through suffering in this life? It's inevitable. Okay. It's inevitable that we're going to go, you know, from the pain, okay, of maybe getting hit, you know, or having pain in your body. You know, to maybe, you know, when you were a kid, you got hurt, all right? One of the stories I love telling my kids, and they, they really say, Daddy, how did that happen? When I was a kid, okay, I was running one day, and I would always stick out my tongue. You know, it was like a Michael Jordan thing, you know, but even back then. You know, when I was running, and I remember that I fell, and when I hit the floor with my teeth, it hit my chin, and a piece, the front piece of my tongue actually fell off. All right? Now, you know what's the worst part? that I had to go to the emergency room and they couldn't put any anesthesia on it. So they had to sew it back on, okay, without anesthesia. And all I remember is having like a light. Actually, this light reminds me of that light. All I remember was having this big white light in my face and people like causing me pain. And they couldn't put anesthesia because they, they told my dad that actually what could happen is that I could roll my tongue back in and then suffocate. I'm like, I don't know what's better, man. Maybe suffocating would have been a good thing at that moment, you know? And, and my kids are like, Daddy, let me see your tongue. And I like, you know, I could do this. I could touch my nose with my tongue, all right? And they go, Daddy, what happened? I'm like, they put an extra piece, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they put an extra piece. 
But man, to me, that was the worst experience and the most painful thing ever. We've all gone through things like that, you know, maybe growing up, you know, or maybe different type of pain. Maybe it's been pain in here. Maybe the pain of growing up with an absent dad and dad not being there, you know, for your big game. Like I was saying, my kid's playing basketball and, you know, the first thing, daddy, you know, you got to be there and this and that. And yesterday I actually ended up coaching my little son's game because the coach never arrived. And the coach of the other team goes, coach, you're ready. And I'm like looking around. I don't see no coach. He goes, let's go. You're running with that team. I'm like, all right, man. And I sat there, and we actually won that game. But anyways, all right, I actually coached my first game yesterday. Um, but a child worries that his dad is there because he knows the pain of daddy not being present and, and, and the pain that, that that could cause in, in, in your heart, suffering. Suffering is things that, that we, we, we can't avoid in this life. You know, I, I, as a pastor all these years, I've dealt with so many issues and people that have gone through physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. It, it's part of life, all, all this suffering and, and all these things, you know. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with a chronic sickness today, a chronic illness. And you're suffering right now. Maybe, maybe it's the news of an unforeseen death. You weren't expecting a family member to die all of a sudden and, and you're going through that and you never imagined that that, that, that that person would go so fast, you know? We've all experienced it. You know, just this week, I, 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 I've been following closely the whole story with, with Kobe Bryant and his family, you know, and, and it really hit home, you know? When you grow up playing basketball, and, and God used basketball in my life to keep me from drugs. God used basketball in my life to keep me from gangs. I wanted to, 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 to do something right. So basketball was a big thing in my life. And, 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 you know, following the whole thing, I've been following his wife and what she's been writing. And, and this week it was heartbreaking, you know, just, just before Valentine, you know, she, re- she wrote this. And, and I want to share it with you. It was her post on Instagram. And, And this is Kobe Bryant's, you know, uh, widowed wife. She wrote, I've been reluctant to put my feelings into words. My brain refuses to accept that both Kobe and Gigi are gone. I can't process both at the same time. It's like I'm trying to process that Kobe is gone, but my body refuses to accept that my Gigi will never come back to me. It feels wrong. Why should I be able to wake up another day when my baby girl isn't being able to have that opportunity. I'm so mad. She had so much life to live. Then I realized I need to be strong and here for my three other daughters. What a powerful, what a tough situation. To be going through something like that. You see... When we go through a pain or suffering of, of, of that magnitude, you know, where a wife is gone, you know, uh, and, and, or, or a husband, you know, you, you'll start questioning God. And if you're here this morning and, and you've gone through something in life and, and you haven't questioned God, then there's something wrong with you. The reality. Because we'll all look up to heaven and, 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 and even in the book of Habakkuk, we'll see that in a second. He, he went through, for, through something and he goes, why Lord? And how long will this go on for? 
Those are questions we have. Why and how long? We can never put into words when that pain will go away. In reality, you know, I told my wife last night as I was going through some of my notes, if I would lose one of my four children, the reality is that there will be a hole in my heart for the rest of my life. You can't, you, that's very difficult, you know. And, and, and we ask, Lord, are, are you there? Or you ask, Lord, I don't even know if you care. I want to tell you something. If you've gone through that or maybe you're experiencing that now, it's all right. And it's normal, okay? It's normal. If we go to the Bible, we'll read verses, you know, where the writers of these verses, they were going through pain. They were going through anguish. They were going through suffering. They were going through frustration. For example, if I go through Psalm 6, if you guys could come with me, Psalm 6, verse 6 and 7. You see... In this scripture, look what David writes. He goes, I am worn out from sobbing. Have you ever been tired from crying? That, that, that has to be painful right there, all right? All night, my, I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. You see, when you go through pain and suffering, even the vision for your life gets blurred. If you feel that in this moment of your life, you've lost your purpose, you've lost your vision, you don't know where, where you're going. Maybe you've gone through something painful that has deterred your vision right now. He says, my vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. He's, he was being surrounded by, by his enemies. Or Psalm 13, come there. Psalm 13, 1 and 2. He goes even deeper into this. He goes, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? How long will you forget me? Forever? Look at that question. How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? With sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemies have the upper hand? And that's a question that, that we ask ourselves. How long is this situation going to continue bothering me? Going to continue their presence? How long is the enemy going to use this to ridicule me or make me feel bad? And the big question today is, so why does God allow pain and suffering? Can you ask that to the person next to you? Why does God allow pain and suffering? Ask somebody. Why does God allow pain and suffering? Well, I want to tell you something this morning. God allows pain and suffering, and I'm going to try to go this with, okay, with, my minute mind, all right, and just studies and my relationship with God. But why does God allow pain and suffering? I really believe it's the biggest manifestation of God's love. I think it's the biggest manifestation of God's love. You see, it, it, it all has to do with the choice man had when pain and suffering entered the world. You see, God gave man a choice. He didn't make man a robot. He gave man the choice to choose him and to love him. And somehow, some way, God decided, I mean, God decided to give man this thing that we call free will. And man decided to do something with that free will. You know what man decided to do? Say, you know what? Since I can make my choice, I'm going to do this that I shouldn't do. 
And the Bible says that he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and sin entered the world in chapter 3 of Genesis. And I was having this talk with my kids last night. Chapter 3 of Genesis, sin goes into the world. And chapter 4 of Genesis, the first murder and the first homicide takes place. A brother kills his brother out of jealousy. The moment that sin enters the world, pain, anguish, grief comes in. It had never existed before. But it was part of God's love showing us, hey, you know what? I'm not going to make you a robot. I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose me or choose something else. And a lot of the times, guys, I'm not saying this is all the time. But a lot of the time, a lot of the pain and suffering we go through, we inflict it upon ourselves because of choices that we make. Not all the time. But you know what, guys? I'm going to tell you something, and this is very important, okay? In this fallen world that we live in, in this fallen cosmos, okay, that we live in, let me tell you something. You will never, ever feel at home in a world where there's pain and suffering because you and I were not made for a world of pain and suffering. You will never find complete satisfaction in this world. Oh, you could try. You could try to go after all these desires and all these things, but you're never going to find that because the world as it is right now was never meant to be home. The world was meant to be home when there was no sin, when there was no pain, and when there was no suffering. That was meant to be home. But the moment that that came in, and how do you know that, Pastor? Romans chapter 8. Make sure you write this down. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 23. What a powerful scripture. And once again, forgive me. Okay, in no way, shape, or form do I want to minimize anybody's pain here today. Or you might be watching online and you're going through some suffering, you're going through some hurt. Okay, I'm not here to minimize what you're going through. Okay, because like, like I just read, listen, the psalmist couldn't even sleep at night. Okay, his pillow was just filled with tears because of the anguish. I'm not here to minimize it, but I'm trying to answer where does this come from and will it all end sometime? And I'm going to give you some good news and we're going to read it at the end. The day will come when all that pain and suffering will come to an end. Well, you just missed a moment to say amen right now. <laughs> Look at Romans 8, 18 through 23 says, Yet what we suffer now, what we suffer when? Now. is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. When will we see the glory? But when are we suffering? When are we going to see glory? Oh man, later takes long, man. Why later? Why not now? Why can't that verse, you know... I want to fix up that verse a little bit. <laughs> what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. <laughs> for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Re listen to this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Against his will, what happened to creation? It was subjected to what? To what curse? 
God's curse. What curse? The day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. God said it. God said it, and God does not go back on his word. The moment he speaks, it becomes law because he's king. And God said, the moment you eat from the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And if you activate that, there will be a curse that comes with it. But listen to what it says, but, we, but with eager hope. The creation looks forward. Can you say with me, looks forward? How many of us are looking forward to that day when there's no more pain and no more suffering? How many of us are looking forward to that day that we're going to gather with people that we love that have gone before us, maybe because they died with a sickness, maybe because they died in a car accident or something horrible happened. Listen to this, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious Freedom from death and decay. For we know that our creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Where are the moms in this, in this place? Moms? How many of you moms remember the pain of giving birth? All right. How many of you guys remember the pain before they put that epidural? All right. How were things at that very moment? God bless that epidural. I'm going to tell you that. Even though, man, my wife was saying, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. And, sh and that was with Hadassah. She was going through so much pain that I went and I talked to the doctor. Look at my wife back there, babe. When did you make your appearance? Hey, baby. And she just walked in the kitchen. Listen, she was not going to get the epidural. And I told the doctor, she's not going to make it through this thing, man. She, she's going to pass out. And I need her to be strong to be able to push. So you're going to bring that epidural. And she was already dilated like seven centimeters. She would have gotten to weight. She couldn't get it. And I'm like, I'm going to hold her. And when I saw that needle, when I saw that needle, I'm like, oh, boy. I'm not going to say that I thought, boy, I'm glad it's her and not me. I didn't say that. <laughs> I never said it. But I said, baby, just give me a hug right now. Listen, because she had to bend over like that, and I got on my knees, and I hugged her, and that doctor got that needle, and I had one eye open and one eye closed, and she's looking at me right now, and I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Ah! Man, I thought that thing was going to go through her body and pinch me on the belly, man. That's how big that thing was. Like, Pastor, you're a little bit exaggerated, bro. That's how it looked to me at that very moment, man. <laughs> Horrible. The ladies that have gone to childbirth, okay, isn't the pain excruciating, like horrible? But how is it the moment that you grab that baby in your hands? What happens to the pain? It's gone, right? The pain is gone completely, right? And the dad is like, I better not say anything. I could get in trouble right now. <laughs> like, this is very sensitive ground right now, you know? The pain is gone. Well, the Bible says that. Even the suffering that we're going through now is for a little while because the moment that we see Christ and we're in glory with him, you know what's going to happen? The suffering is going to be, oh, that was very little compared to this. Even though it's very real right now. Because, dad, go tell your wife that that pain ain't real. <laughs> if you want to get in trouble and get kicked out of the room, tell your wife, honey, don't worry, that pain ain't real. Don't worry, honey. In a little bit, you're not going to remember it anymore. No, at that moment, there's anguish. 
That moment there's pain. And listen, what Paul says here, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we all long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. What do we long for? For our bodies to be what? Released from what? Sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Oh, I'm waiting for that moment. I'm going to tell you that much. All right. The reality is, guys, that now, okay, right now, pain and suffering should not surprise us. We're going to have it in this world. It's, it's, it's part of the package. And Jesus spoke about it in John 16, 33. John 16, 33. He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrow. What are we going to have here on earth? Many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So the question as we transition this message to why God allows pain and suffering, as we transition this message, the question that I want to ask is if pain is inevitable, how do I handle it when it comes? Because it's going to come. How do I deal with it? Right now, everything's pretty awesome right now. 10.50 in the morning, we're here in church, nice chairs, good AC, water's not leaking, praise God. Everything's pretty neat. But I can't guarantee you that life is going to be the way that it is at this very present moment right now here. I can't guarantee you that. So how do I deal with it? When the phone call comes, when the knock on the door comes, when the letter in the mail comes, when the email comes. How, how do I deal with that stuff? You see, because pain and suffering could produce different results in different people. And I don't know if you've seen that. Pain and suffering can create different results in different people depending on how they respond. I don't know if you've seen, listen to this guys, please pay attention, very important. People that have gone through pain and suffering, okay, the same pain and suffering a person will go through and you'll see that person become bitter and become angry, and become frustrated, and become mad. And you'll see another person go through that same pain and anguish, and that person becomes more humble, becomes sensitive to the voice of God, says, Lord, not my will, but your will. So what's the difference to the way that we react to pain? You know what the difference is, guys? Our attitude. Our attitude and the way that we see it. Listen to this. Pain can take you to the place of getting frustrated with God or of depending more on Him. Pain could take you to get mad at God, angry at God, angry at the world, angry at people. Or pain could take you to a point that you say, Lord, what this is showing me is that I can't do it on my own. Lord, I need to depend on you more. Lord, I can't handle this pain. I can't handle this suffering. Lord, do something in my life. And all of a sudden, you become more trusting. You become more vulnerable. James chapter 1, 
verse 2 through 4. I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures here, guys. Write these things down. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. This guy's a straight shooter, all right? This is literally the second verse of the chapter. The first verse is like, hi, y'all. How's everybody doing? Everybody's good? All right. Second verse. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Woo, that's crazy, man. When trials, okay, and troubles come your way, consider it a what? An opportunity for great joy. I've said this in this pulpit a lot of times. I'm going to repeat it again. You know that the Asian culture does not have a word for crisis? They do not have a word for crisis. The word that we use for crisis is the word they use for opportunity. That's crazy. And that's what James is teaching us here. When we go through these trials, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. But when you're going through it, you're like, I don't care about my endurance growing. What endurance, man? So let it grow. Instead of let it go, let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. That's what you're going to sing to yourself. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And if you think that's tough, the Apostle Paul goes even, this guy's even less sensitive to them than, than James. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Oscar, your, your, your family has a book here, the Romans, you know what I'm saying in the scripture. I know you've heard that before, but just, just needed to say that, you know. Listen to this, Romans 5, 3 and 4. We can rejoice too. Now, I, I love that scripture here. We can rejoice too. In other words, you can get angry and mad, or you can rejoice too. When you go through these things, you can rejoice too when you run into problems and trials. For we know they help us develop endurance. There comes that word once again. And endurance develops strength of character. Who cares about endurance? Who cares about strength of character? And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So this tells us we're going to go through these things, but don't get your heart hardened. Don't get bitter at the world. Don't get mad. It's going to come. God's going to produce something even in the midst of what you're going through. So the question that I want to ask is, does God heal our pain? Does God heal our pain? Does God heal our pain? What do you guys think? Does God heal our pain? Hallelujah. That little brother right there had a word from the Lord this moment. Does God heal our pain? I want to tell you something that I hope brings comfort and soothes your soul. And let, once again, I say, if you're going through anguish, if you're going through pain, if you're going through suffering, I want to tell you that he saw your pain and he saw my pain. He saw it and it broke his heart Two, I want to tell you something. This is the heart of what I want, to, I want you to leave with this morning. You see, God doesn't leave us alone in our suffering. 
Actually, the Bible says that he's such an amazing God that he partook of our suffering. He joined us in our suffering. He didn't stay up there in heaven and say, well, you better figure this out. Consider it pure joy. While I stay up here and, and I'm God and, I, and, and you better worship me in the midst of this. You better sing your way out of this. And I'm God. You see, the Bible says that, oh, Siri wants to say something. The Bible says that God partook of our suffering. You see, when you go through something, it doesn't only break your heart, it breaks his heart too. Because he knows you were not made for that. He didn't create you for that. You're, 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 you're not alone, you see. There's a God that identifies himself with us. He became man and identified with our pain, with our struggle, with our suffering. Hebrews 4, verse 4, and it's 14 and 16. Listen to this. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. It says, since we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But take out the word weakness with our suffering, with our pain, with our brokenness. We do not have a God that does not identify. On the contrary, church, family, brothers and sisters, beloved, we have a God that was willing to step down from the throne of heaven. And say, he got himself into this because of the love that I had for him. I gave him the opportunity to choose and he chose wrong. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step in there into the midst of his misery. Into the, may, into the middle of his pain. Into the middle of his suffering. I'm going to step into that. And I'm going to identify myself with it. And it wasn't that it just happened when he got here and he went to the cross. No, since he was born. Since he was born, actually before he was born. You see, maybe you're here today and you started suffering pain and, and suffering and rejection since you were in the belly. Since Jesus was in the belly already, his father, earthly father Joseph, was trying to figure out how he would leave his mother because he, 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 he couldn't deal with, my God, Mary's going to be pregnant and what are they going to say? Already since he was born. He might have been fatherless almost. And then he's born in this manger, forgotten. You see, we have a God that identifies, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has in every sense tempted. In other words, in every sense he's lived the things that you and I have lived, and yet without sin in no moment that he get angry or, or mad at God. And yes, there was a moment that, that he was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's not a problem when you sometimes don't understand what you're going through. But don't let that take you to sin and say well I'm like this because God has cursed me or I'm like this because of this or that no what do we do this is verse tells us what we do let us then come with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need 
What do we do when we are broken, when we're going through pain and suffering? I want to ask you a question. What do you think would happen if you were going through your trial of pain right now? Whatever situation you've gone through that you think, wow, this has been the most painful thing I've ever gone through. This has been the hardest thing that I've gone through. What do you think would happen if you would encounter Christ at that very moment? In the flesh, in the person. If Jesus would all of a sudden appear in the middle of you suffering, you know what would probably happen? You would probably fall at his feet. You would probably fall into his arms. You would probably just stay there and ask him that you need to be hugged and embrace him. And there in his arms, you would find comfort. But you know what his reaction would be? Because when he sees us through that pain and suffering, the Bible says he identified with it to the point of not only becoming a man and dying on a cross, but the Bible says, listen to this, guys, that when Mary went to him because her brother Lazarus had died, and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. You know what Jesus would do? As you're there going through your suffering and pain, he would identify with you to the point of crying with you in the midst of that situation. That's why the Bible says if you see somebody going through sorrow and going through pain, you know what you do? You comfort and mourn with those that mourn. That's what the Bible says. We have a God that identifies with our brokenness and I want to close with Revelation 21 Revelation 21 verse 4 what a beautiful beautiful verse it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain oh hallelujah there will be no more death no more sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I love the part where it says that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. I just see the father. You see, I remember when my kids were learning to ride bike. Man, they learned that thing super quick. You know? They learned it like, David, I just gave him a bike. I'm like, all right, Papi, I'm going to take off the wheels and you got to do this and that. Before I explained it to him, he had taken off. And I was getting ready. You know, I had like some wipies outside and stuff. You know, if he gets, he falls down, he gets scraped. I'm ready for the whole thing. You know, never happened. On the contrary, when I was learning to ride bike. <laughs> man, I think I spent more time on the concrete than I did on the bike, man. <laughs> What a difference, man. Kids come and redeem the parents sometimes. But anyways, <laughs> when I saw my son, I was like, that's exactly how I felt that day, but I couldn't do it, man. But you know what happened? When I fell that time, I remember my dad running up to the bicycle and getting me up from the floor and getting on his knees and hugging me. And that image of seeing my dad like that, of me learning to ride bike, is that same image that says that Daddy God will wipe away 
all the tears from our eyes. He will get down and say, you know what? Here where we are now, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more anguish. This is a glorious vision of the coming world in which all pain and suffering are gone forever. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And Daddy God, we just thank you for your word. Because your word is medicine to our soul. Your, your word is, is like food. It's like nourishment. And I thank you, my God, that in your word we, we can find comfort even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of trials, Lord. Because like I said a moment ago, we're not here to minimize anything that we've gone through. But our hope and trust is in you. And where will we be if you were not there with us, Lord, in the midst of all that pain and anguish and sorrow? So we thank you for your presence. We thank you for being real and being there with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you today in this room, if you today watching through that camera, invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm not speaking about a religion. I'm speaking about a person, the person of Jesus. And today I want to give you the opportunity of inviting him into your heart. So if you believe that I'm speaking to you this morning and that you want to make that decision, I want you to say this simple prayer that I made many years ago on a day just like this. I want you to pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to give you thanks for sending your son Jesus to live a perfect life and to identify himself with me to the point of dying on a cross for my sin. Today I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I invite you into my heart and I ask you that you would give me this gift of eternal life. Fill me, Jesus, with the Holy Spirit so that I can face life with confidence and hope that there's something greater that awaits me. Jesus, thank you for paying the price and allowing me to become a son or daughter of God. In Jesus' name. Now right there, the same way that you are, let me pray over you guys as a church right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for anyone right now this morning that is going through some pain, going through suffering, that might be going through a situation that even seems unbearable, and they made it this morning to this place. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would reveal yourself strong and mighty in the midst of the trial that they're going through. And Holy Spirit, you are that comforter that you would comfort them, Lord God. And let them know today through this message and through your presence that there's hope even in the midst of this situation. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And as people say,
Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.